Hi, everyone. Welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Mueller, and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. Today, we're going to talk about the final chapter of the book, Refine and Grow, Lessons Learned on Navigating the Business World. And the title of the final chapter is Take Inventory. And Take Inventory is a mantra that I adopted a few years into my career as sort of the process, the structured methodology I used for self check-ins as far as where am I in my career? Where am I trying to go? Is the company I'm with the right fit still? And to do some self-reflection on the skills that I had grown and the skills that I still needed to grow, what my goals were. And so the methodology that I used actually originally came from as a management consultant after every project we completed or initiative that we had worked on, we would do what was called a post-mortem where we would collect lessons learned and talk about what went well, what would we have changed because hindsight is twenty twenty. so knowing what we know now, what would we have done differently? And that would all be documented and then future teams who worked on similar initiatives or projects would have that information and would be more well-educated going into the next round of doing a similar project or initiative. They would have all of our learning before they got started and they could leverage that for success. And I took that and said, how could I apply it to myself? And really what I did was I would reflect on the past, present, and future, the projects I had been on, my learnings. And I would check in with myself and say, okay, I need to take inventory. So I need to grab all of the documentation that I have. I need to think about kind of my relational inventory. What is my network that's out there? And what are the resources that are available to me right now? You know, an example of resources that were available as a management consultant was exposure to different types of projects, being able to be a project manager one time, then a change manager the next time, then work on more like org structure or strategy next time and and process management the next time. So you could get exposure to all of these different types of hats that you could wear and find out what you really liked the best. In addition, some of the natural resources around me were getting to know all of the different clients' cultures and how their companies worked. So then I knew if those companies would be a good fit for me because I'd already been exposed to their people and culture. And so I would basically block up one Friday per quarter or a couple times a year sit down, take my inventory, what's my toolkit, all of the things that I have at this point that need to be added to the toolkit, the templates, the deliverables, the learnings, all of that stuff, documenting it. Then think about my network relational inventory and then ask myself, now look, think about how far you've come. What do you still need to work on? What is some of the feedback you've received? And is this place the right fit or not? And I felt like I was doing both myself and my company a huge favor by really checking in with myself, making sure that I was where I wanted to be and doubling down on my commitment if the answer was yes and walking away without burning any bridges if the answer came to me as no, I think that it's time for me to make a move. And so Shanae and Justin, I mean, I know you guys led several lessons learned on projects and I know that check-ins on your career path and self-reflection on what you've done well, how you've grown and opportunities to improve are something you value a lot. But I would like to hear is what kind of approaches you've used to check in with yourself about your career and also just kind of self-reflection on your growth. Justin, do you want to start or apply? Yeah. Sometimes this can be the most valuable and sometimes the most painful type of conversation 
especially when you have those conversations where you start to realize maybe you're not at the place in your career growth. And I'm not talking about a level, but your maturation, your skill development, your capability development that you thought you were. And so, yeah, there's been some really challenging conversations in this realm, but they've ultimately been very good ones. When I reflect on the hard conversations that I've had or have been had with me as to where I was at in my career trajectory, those hard conversations that have often stung, sometimes because of the way they were delivered, but more often than not, just confronting the reality, the content of the conversation, have actually resulted in my greatest periods of growth. They've been critical, both for the good and the hard. And sometimes there's the bad, <laughs> but mostly the good and the hard. Those harder conversations are actually the better conversations because they lead to periods of self-reflection, hopefully. Sometimes a desire to self-emulate a little bit. Periods of self-reflection, if you internalize it and you apply it, periods of immense growth and development. Sometimes my best years or my best projects have come after what I can only say were some of the most brutal of conversations. Yeah, so you use self-reflection when you've had difficult conversations. That's when you take a minute to self-reflect. Yeah, I think I tend towards reflection anyway. Those harder conversations for me really drive intense self-reflection. And sometimes it can turn into navel gazing, but I think more often than not, it's a constructive look at like, wow, I thought I was here and I'm actually there. And there's some really hard areas that I didn't realize or I didn't see because I had a blind spot. And now what do I do with it? And how do you check in with yourself in terms of Am I still on the right career path? Do you have any kind of structured approach? I think it's an ongoing dialogue for me. I'm in the midst of it right now. And it's hard to adjudicate sometimes between, hey, this is just a hard project or a hard program or a hard client interaction or just a hard situation or the company's going through transition versus I'm on the wrong path, right? And I'm a big believer never transition out of a job when you're unhappy. You should always transition out of a job when you're at least content or stable, right? When you're angry or when you're frustrated, not a good time to make a career move because it's always more about what you're leaving rather than what you're going towards. So I think for me, it's an ongoing conversation. It's one I try not to focus too much on when things are challenging or hard, but you still think about it. And then always trying to orient my brain towards what are my competencies and capabilities? What gives me life? What sucks the life out of me? What could that then look like going forward and try to set an arc more on that? Now, I've fallen into the same trap as a lot of people because I'm an American. And for me, it's always upward and onward, right? So it's like, I got to get to director. I got to get to senior director. I got to get to VP. The funny thing is kind of hit that executive level. And now I'm like, I think I'm good. <laughs> How much more money and responsibility do I really want or need? And so now it's more about taking the skills and capabilities that I've developed and have been given to me over these many years of consulting and figuring out how do I start to give back in a way that's meaningful for me, positively impacting and giving life to others. Yeah. Shanae, what are your thoughts? I'm really fascinated to hear what you had to say because you've made some big moves. You've gone from management consulting to industry to this is a time in my life where I need to be at home with my family. So how have you checked in and made those decisions? Like Justin, Justin, I could have said everything that you said just the same. I'm also very self-reflective just by nature. And so I think I'm constantly kind of checking in with myself as a consultant. You know, you have end of project, end of milestone that come up where it's a little more formal check-in. But then I also do in between informal check-ins 
you know, when I was in the industry, you would have your twice yearly performance reviews as well, kind of force those check-ins. But for me, whenever I have those formal check-ins, I don't ever want to be surprised by something. And so I'm constantly checking in with myself to say, okay, how did that go? How is this going? You know, what needs to change so that when I do have those formal conversations, I can be as prepared for them as possible. What I try to avoid is bringing emotion into those conversations. Like Justin said, I've also had difficult conversations with those. And I have found that in those difficult conversations, I have a hard time hearing what's being said once my emotions get involved. You know, I have just found that it's easiest for me to make sure that I have a regular schedule of meeting check-ins along the way to prepare for those. And so that's really been the most beneficial for me. Like Justin was saying as well, I try not to do the make a change when things don't feel good. I try to look at it more like once I start feeling like, okay, what's next? Then I start looking at opportunities and checking in and saying, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? And, you know, Lindsay, like you said, I have made some big moves in it to when I've had those check-ins and said, I've just had a feeling like I was ready for whatever was coming next. And then you sit down and do an evaluation and look at everything around you and how things are going. And I've been fortunate that when I do that, it does help me find the next direction. Yeah. And what are some of the pros and cons that you've weighed that have pointed to, I need to slow down or I need to hurry up and move faster? You know, I've mentioned this before. I really love my work and I really love what I'm doing. And so if I feel energy waning at all or my excitement or my commitment to it, then I know that it's time for a change. During this break, I had wrapped up a project and I wasn't fired up about what was coming next. What I was fired up about next was spending the summer with my kids. And so I knew it was time for me to take that break to spend the time with my kids. And I was fortunate to be able to do that. Everyone doesn't have that opportunity. And so because I did, I was like, you know what, we're just we're going to take advantage of it because that's what I was excited about. Yeah, I think it's really important that you both pointed out self-reflection is an important tool that's top of mind at all times. And it's particularly helpful when you've run into a huge challenge or a really difficult conversation that you've had with someone. For me, there was always so much to do that that's why I had to take a full day that I blocked so that I could just really think. And so I'm wondering, knowing that both of you are married, active in your communities, have groups of friends, have your kids and the extended family, where and when and how do you fit in that time for career self-reflection? It really is ongoing for me, like I said. Definitely after any sort of big meeting or big milestone or big deliverable, I definitely take time to look back and say, how could we have done this better? But I also do a lot of reflection in preparation of things. I like to look back and see what we've done prior or check back on work that's happened before, which is self-reflective. And so when putting together something new, I always tend to look back and reflect on what's worked and what hasn't in the past. I'm constantly doing that. And I think, you know, Lindsay, like you were saying, it's constantly revisiting my toolkit and seeing where there might be holes or what might need to be enhanced a bit here and there. So, And Justin, I know one of the conversations that we've had is the importance of checking out of work also, like the workday is done, work-life health and those boundaries. So when you think about, I need to fit in time for self-reflection as a VP, I assume in meetings back-to-back all day. Can you speak to how you 
balance the two? Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you. Friday afternoons try to designate for that. I'm getting better at blocking time in my work week just to have working time and thinking time which is really hard to do when you're in a highly meeting-centric culture. I don't think I've started meetings any later than 6 a.m. all week this week, which is really hard to start your day like that. And sometimes I go to the gym early with my son, but you know, you're already waking up at like 3.45, so you can go to the gym. And that provides some reflection time, sort of, but your brain's still pretty fuzzy at that point. And then you're going straight into a meeting where you have to contribute and be intelligible. It's challenging. Usually by 2 or 3 o'clock, stick up work in me, I'm done. But I've been trying to create more working time, heads down time, but also just thinking time, which allows for some reflection, at least on the work. But in regards to like big challenges, Friday afternoons, I try to sign off early. I work with a lot of East Coast folks. And sometimes that means they'll have to open my laptop at some point in the weekend, which I hate doing and I try not to do it at all. So this week I have a long flight to New York City on Monday. That's going to be working time for me. But I do that because what I going to do here in a little bit is I'm going to sign off for the day because most of my colleagues are East Coast in Europe. And I'm going to head up to the mountains and I'm going to hit the skin track, ski uphill and then ski downhill. And I'm going to do a couple laps just to clear my head and give myself time to reflect. And I have to do things like that. Yesterday, I went for a run, three o'clock. I've been on meetings at 6 a.m., was on meeting back to back until 2.30 in the afternoon. East Coast was signing off. I went upstairs, threw up my running shorts, grabbed my shoes and went for a run. And I try to unplug when I do that. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast, but honestly, sometimes on days like that, where I've just been running and gunning and shifting between different orientations, internal, external, and I just try to shut my brain off and try to be present in the moment. And that helps a lot. But yeah, you have to create it. You have to make it. And if you don't make it, if you don't control your calendar, someone will control it for you. Something I thought of, Justin, when you were talking is you get some of the energy out. Like Shanae was saying, it's really important that I don't let the emotions get in the way of me being able to hear what's being said in a difficult conversation. And when you were talking about going skiing, and I know you've summited mountains, and I was thinking about on the projects I did with you, we would often, when we had to have a conversation about a challenge or a problem, we would go for a walk. You release that physical energy. And I know that we've been in conference rooms together where we were on a phone call, just you and I in the conference room, but you would get up and pace back and forth and talk. And it was like you could think better that way. Yeah. I'm often walking, moving. I rarely sit down. And I don't think it's because I have ADHD or something like that. It's just I need kinetic activity to keep my brain engaged. Right now, I'm sitting down in a very nice office chair. I got it on sale, though. I'm a big sale shopper. Chair that's ergonomically money. And that helps me a lot to sit in a good chair, but I have to move. And so when I'm not having to present and it's like a one-on-one kind of conversation, I will try to go for a walk or move around my office. You know, there have been times where it's appropriate. I'm not going to have client-facing conversations or conversations with executives. I've had one-on-ones with my boss where I'm quite literally on the ski hill, like literally. Skis are on. I'm on the hill. I had a conversation with my past boss. He and I were having a conversation. It was Friday afternoon around four o'clock, and it was the only time we could meet. And I had said, screw it, I'm done. I'm going skiing. And I was halfway down the ski run, and I popped my earbuds in, and I hopped on the call, and he's like, you sound like you're breathing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm halfway down a ski run. And he just starts laughing. You know, he's cracking up. I mean, he knows me really well. 
But if you have the rapport and the relationship, you can do things like that. I hope someone doesn't listen to this and think Euler doesn't work. I work really hard. It's just that I have to set boundaries and parameters and set limitations. I work in sprints. I can go really hard for four, five, six hours, and then I'm cooked and I'm worthless. And there is nothing coming out of my brain. And I find that going for a run, going for a ski, hitting the skin track, hopping on my road bike, not only do I keep from experiencing all the wonderful weight gain of middle age and keep my body in relative shape, but I also just, I'm able to clear my head. And those are oftentimes where I get my best ideas or have my breakthroughs on problems I'm chewing through. And so for me, I'm not working, but I'm working because I'm chewing on something. I'm working through something. And I would rather be off running or biking or skiing and chewing on a problem than trying to have dinner with my family and not be present, not be mentally or spiritually engaged at all. And that was a problem earlier in my career. My wife would be like, you're just not here. I want to be present. So I go do those things so that I can be present and I can work through those problems and I can have that reflection, whether it's career, whether it's a business problem or what have you. I don't like the term self-care. And trust me, I've seen therapists. I'm not opposed to counseling and all the good stuff, but it's less for me about self-care and I just know what I need to thrive. Listening to yourself. Shanae, you know, it's time to wrap up the episode, but Shanae, it's been so great having you and to get your insights and thoughts. I'm, I'm wondering if you have any final thoughts as we wrap up this final episode of season five. It's been such a treat to sit here with the two of you. Adore you both. So it's been lovely, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here, Sinead. Justin and I were just talking the other day about how much we've loved hearing from you and learning from you this season. Yeah, it's really been a treat. And I think this will probably go down as one of our better seasons in large part because of you. So thank you. Thank you. That's very sweet. It's been fun. That's all for today's episode. To order your copy of the book, Refine and Grow, Lessons Learned on Navigating the Business World and access additional resources, head out to our website at refineandgrow.com. And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.